Welcome to the MILF way. Mindful, intuitive lifestyle fitness. An all-encompassing wellness podcast featuring some of the most successful, influential parents and experts out there. I'm your host, Cherokee Luker, mother, model, fitness trainer, and wellness enthusiast. Join me as we dive into all things MILF. We are starting 2024 off with a bang, everybody. Introducing the first male guest, father of my child and fiance, Josh Ryan, to the show. This episode is a little bit of everything. It's heartfelt, it's funny, it's raunchy, and it's so, so inspiring. I think you guys will see a different side to me in this episode, and I'm so excited for you to get to know my other half and partner in this crazy life. Josh and I talk about his career and how he became a self-made photographer from working in strip clubs to moving up the ranks at Playboy and becoming the senior photographer to now shooting for major fashion brands. Josh's journey hasn't been easy, but it's definitely been interesting. We talk about the behind the scenes at strip clubs, what it was like at the Playboy Mansion, We touch on his path to believing in himself. We take a deep dive into our relationship. We discuss how becoming a father has changed him and so much more. Not only is the banter hilarious in this episode just because of the comfort level we have with each other, but there are also so many amazing takeaways from our conversation, like trusting the process, enjoying the moment, how dedication, hard work, and perseverance always pays off imposter syndrome to believing in yourself and worrying less. I'm so excited to be kicking off the new year with this episode because it's the perfect one to get you inspired and motivated to become the best version of yourself. So on that note, everyone please welcome Josh Ryan to the MILF way. Let's talk about style for our little ones and how hard it is sometimes to find cute, affordable, and stylish pieces for our kids. Enter Club Enzo. Club Enzo is the perfect place to find all of the best sets and essentials for your little boy or girl. Curated with love from mother to son, the founder of Club Enzo was just on the podcast, and I highly recommend listening to Heather's episode if you haven't already. She created pieces that she felt were lacking in the market, and I remember seeing her and her son Enzo at the park and always wanting the outfits that Enzo was wearing for Hunter, and then, of course, come to find out it was her brand, so no wonder he looked so cute all the time go check it out for yourself you guys and make sure you do it before the holidays are over i just purchased a bunch of cute sets for hunter for christmas and i can't wait for him to rock them at the park and at school so for 20 percent off use code milfbod when you check out at shopclubenzo.com that's code milfbod m-i-l-f-b-o-d at shopclubenzo.com Welcome to my studio. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to my show. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) This is weird. Interviewing your landlord. (laughs) That I don't pay rent to. Exactly. (laughs) Welcome to the show, daddy. Yeah. How does it feel to be the first 
male guest on the show. It feels amazing. <laughs> it's, it's now the DILF. It's about time. It's the DILF podcast. I've been telling you for a long time you need to interview guys, too. I always knew that I wanted to interview guys, too, but here we are. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. First question. What do you want to know? I know it's weird. It's like I feel more nervous interviewing you, like I said, than I do a stranger because I know everything about you. So it's like interviewing you is weird because I feel like I know all the answers to the questions, but maybe I'll maybe learn something new. What's a secret? Let's start <laughs> off with a secret. First of all, nice to see you. Haven't seen you lately. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had much time together. I know. Having. Hunter is, we haven't touched each other in a while, so. Hunter and parents at the house. Yeah, true. Okay, so for the audience, obviously, who doesn't know you, everyone, this is Josh. Hi. Ryan. (laughs) So this is Josh Ryan, everybody. He is the father of my child, my fiance. Fiance. Hey, my fiance. And... Yeah, we've been together for five years. Yes. We have a two and a half year old together. And Josh has been a very influential part of my life because I met you when I was a naive little 25 year old. And where do we meet? Here. So it's full (laughs) circle. Yeah. I know. It's cool. Right at this very place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we met here at the studio. Yeah. At a test shoot. And I came on to you. Backstory. For everybody that doesn't know, I'm a photographer. Yeah. This is my studio. And actually, yeah. I just got the studio when we when we first met. Just yeah, that's down. true. So there's a studio portion of yeah. the studio, the photo studio. And then there's a front building that is designated to like offices. Yeah, my office and yeah, offices. And, and so we turned one of the little rooms in the front building into a recording studio. So it works out perfectly. Yep. But yeah, so you have seen... The evolution of me, obviously, but I haven't really seen so much of your evolution because I feel like when I met you, you kind of were already in a place in your life. I was in an evolving state. (laughs) Yeah. So let's back up and let's talk about where you grew up, your childhood, what your childhood was like, and what it's now like being a father. Yeah. So grew up in California. I'm a California kid. Sacktown, Sacramento. Parents were Jehovah's Witnesses until I was six or seven. And then they divorced. Mom split with my dad. She got out of it. My dad stayed in it for about a year and then got out of it later. And then parents were divorced. I was in a split family. have a younger brother. And yeah, I grew up in a um, split family with stepmoms and stepdads and Various relationships in between. Pretty like outgoing, active, wild kid. What was it like being a Jehovah's Witness? Don't really remember much. I mean, I remember enough to where it was a little traumatizing for me because. Yeah, because I feel like you talk about that a lot and how it's kind of. It was a black cloud over me for a long time. Yeah. It kind of made you feel like an outcast, right? When you were younger. And I learned how that affected my life later on when I, you know. Sought therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was an interesting time. I you know, never believed in holidays, no Christmas, no, you know, anything. Never celebrated anything until I was seven or eight. So that explains why you're such a Christmas freak now. Yeah, then you love holidays. Well, yeah, my mom did like a total 360 and got us out of it and became, you know, Mrs. Christmas. So 
<laughs> Literally, she has like eight Christmas trees Literally, in her house. Yeah. So, you know, she did a full 180, I should say, and uh, yeah, became like the biggest holiday nut in the world, But yeah. uh, which, you know, was great Yeah. that. So, yeah, always a outgoing, pretty popular kid in school, wild, fun kind of guy, into like yeah. crazy stuff, you know, really into BMX. Elaborate. BMX, skateboards. I was extreme everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Which you're trying to influence our child to. Exactly, 100%. And um, got out of high school, worked some odd jobs, bartending. Mm -hmm. Then I was working at a restaurant on the river in Sacramento, which I took you to, called The Virgin Sturgeon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And two of the guys that came in there were opening up this new club and asked me to come over there and work there. And it was a strip club. As a bouncer first. As a bouncer in Sacramento. So I was bartending, going to community college, and then working at the strip club as a bouncer. It was a pretty wild time. Were you 19 at this time? I think I was 20 or 21. Went above and beyond at the club. So they made me like a manager in a few months or like an assistant manager. And um, it was like my first time anyone had really put like faith into me. And so I sort of just ran with it and decided to do the best I could with you know what i was given and just sort of moved up the ranks and but wait you've always had really good work ethic though not always not always really nah it was sort of that job yeah that job really i excelled in it i guess should say because people put a lot of faith in me Mm -hmm. and i saw like the importance of that which led me to started dating a girl wanted to be a model and we said hey we want to move to la and um Went to Vegas for a while, worked in Vegas at a club, hated it, went back to Sacramento. And then I uh, went to a convention in Las Vegas for the Gentleman's Club convention and then um, gave my card to somebody. Mm-hmm. And I got a call a couple months later saying, hey, we were really interested in you. Would you like to come down to L.A. and interview at this club? What's the Gentleman's Club uh, convention? I don't know if they still have it, but it used to be… Like all the strippers are there? or Kind of. Like every year there'd be the Gentleman's Club Expo and it'd be in Las Vegas. And so it'd be lots of clubs. It'd be the vendors. It would be… For what though? For, you know, there's like an industry expo for every industry, right? Yeah. But the Gentleman's Club Expo is like everything from the type of chairs that you sit in at the club, the vending machines, the oh, lighting, okay. the DJ systems… Clothing, um, mm-hmm. all that stuff, just like a restaurant convention. And it would always go on the same time as the adult entertainment expo. So it was sort of hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I went there, met some people, gave my card to somebody and told them I was looking to move to Los Angeles. And and the guy remembered me and he called me. And um, literally, I was on a plane the next week for an interview and uh, they hired me on the spot. And they said, pack your bags and... They moved me down here <laughs> to LA, and that's how I got to LA. So I literally packed my truck up, packed everything I owned, and blindly moved to LA, not knowing so not cool. knowing shit. And that was a long time ago, twenty three years ago. So yeah, but you had visited LA before. I did, yeah, I did of- a few times. The girl I was dating wanted to be a model, so we were coming down here all the time for photo shoots and stuff like that. But yeah, I literally learned LA on a Thomas guide. Oh my god, I think about that all the time. <laughs> it gives me so much anxiety. How do you navigate? On a Thomas guide. You know, you get used to it after a while. That's why Josh, he's like a built-in GPS. So, like, every time he drives, he's like, don't take this. That Waze is telling you. Take these back back roads. Waze tries to trick you. 
Yeah, so did that for about seven years. Worked for the club here for a couple of years and um, just got sick of it. Seven years of a lot of long nights and... Yeah, the hours. Yeah, it's not just that. Just like the element, just really bad people in that business. Yeah, it just seems like very dark It's very dark. You have a club full of people working there that are come from really bad backgrounds. You know what I mean? And, you know, you're taking all that energy in every night. And, you know, it starts to rub off on you and you pick up things. And I noticed things about myself I didn't like. And I didn't want to be that person. And I saw people around me. I saw people that were working for me that were 50 and 60. And I'm like, fuck this. I don't want this to be my life. Yeah. I know I have more to give in life. For people who don't know, like, what a strip club is like or the strip club scene, a.k.a. me, like, a couple months ago. But (laughs) what is it actually like behind the scenes in a strip club? Like, what were the strippers doing to get ready? Like, were there there were probably a lot of drugs and alcohol, but you never got involved in any of that. No, I dabbled and partied with everybody. You know, like, there's a scene inside the strip clubs, which people don't know about. Like, Mm -hmm. when you work there, whether you're a bouncer or a cook or a bartender or a stripper, or DJ, like you're automatically in this like weird group and you're trusted as an insider. So everyone sort of hangs together and parties together and everyone's fucking everybody and everyone's stabbing everybody in the back. And it's horrible. It's horrible. I mean, yeah, I experienced a lot of wild, crazy stuff and, you know, what are stripper hacks? Like, what do they do? <laughs> what oh. do you mean hacks? When they're getting ready to go dance, what are some tricks that they do? Like, don't they rub, like, oil on them or, like, what are things? Usually not. Usually no oil. Nothing that's going to come off on a customer because that's going to oh, reveal true. that, you know. True, yeah. Stripper hacks. I mean, how detailed do you want me to get? Or graphic? Yeah. <laughs> get as graphic as you want. Uh, I mean, listen. You walk in the dressing room and always see a girl bent over in the mirror. Cutting, cutting her string off of her tampon, tampon yes, and yep. sticking it up there or shoving a makeup sponge up there. Makeup sponge? Yeah. Why? Yeah. It stops everything, I guess. And makeup sponge? Yeah, yeah. I remember one girl, I remember walking in the back and one girl got one stuck up there and another girl had her hand and tried to pull it out. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, shit like You that. mean just so they wouldn't get wet and like... No, just so, I, I guess no, in, in no place di- of... Uh, tampon or something like that i don't know oh just yeah just yeah. when they're on but then their years later when i was you know oh okay. started photography and i was shooting adult stuff uh, the porn stars would do the same thing and shoot a scene like that so while they're on their periods yes yes but how would they get fucked if there's a makeup sponge in there stick it way up inside there but that still doesn't won't stop the blood flow it did what yeah it's a known trick anyway okay uh what else stripper hacks or just like a, a wild thing that happened or something crazy that sticks out in your mind. Oh, crazy well, memory. I mean, you know, it went through phases in this club. I was doing this seven years and it went through phases. And I remember the ecstasy phase was huge yeah. in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s. And GHB was really big in the clubs. People, What's that? People ended up calling it the date rape drug, oh. which is, and it was huge in the club scene. Huge. Because it was odorless and it didn't pop up on a, any like breathalyzer and you could sip Scary. on it and get fucked up. And yeah, it was really bad. And girls were just literally, everybody was on it. Like, what do you from, mean on it? Like, they, they chose to take it voluntarily. Bouncers were taking it. Strippers were taking it. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody. But was why taking would it. you want to take that? Cause it got you high. 
you messed up and it went away and there's no hangover. But people were oh. taking too much and they called it geeing out. And okay, literally yeah. girls were like slamming their head on the ground and like, like literally like, anyway. Ugh. And, uh, you know, they'd pass out and literally you could stick them with a knife and they wouldn't wake up. <gasps> and so that's why they call it the date rape drug. It was, it was scary times. Yeah. Wait, for context, what years? 98, 99, 2000. That was really big back then. So, I mean, they finally made the drug really illegal. But, you know, you used to be able to buy it at GNC. What? Yeah. Yeah. Bodybuilders just take it to sleep. To sleep? Yeah. It used to come in a powder form. You can get it. Wow. Yeah. Gamma hydroxybutrate. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. GHB. So, yeah, it was scary. I, I tried it once or twice. Not really a fan of it. It tasted horrible. It tastes like freaking gasoline. Ew. And, yeah, it made you dizzy and got you messed up. I just didn't like it. Yeah. I don't like anything that makes me not in control. Yeah. And that I felt not in control with. It was just not good. Okay. So you worked in strip clubs for a long time. Then you made the transition from working in strip clubs to eventually. Becoming a photographer. Becoming a photographer. Yeah. So what did that journey look like? Well, I've always, as you know, I've always been like an artistic person. Um, yeah, he pulled out his fucking <laughs> Tupperware filled with all of his old artwork from when he was younger. Yeah. Such a good drawer. I mean, even to this day, it's, it's so <laughs> like comparing my artwork to his whenever we're drawing for Hunter, Josh just like whips out this sketch of whatever because you can go off of memory. Like you don't have to look at something. Yeah, I just remember stuff and I can sketch it up. So you've always been really artistic. Always been an artistic person, very creative, I think. Like that when I was a kid, my mom's like that. I kind of got it from her and I needed to do something else. And, you know, fortunately the person I was dating, um, she was pretty smart person. Like, Mm -hmm. and she started building her own website and this is during the dot-com boom. Mm -hmm. Like this is like early two thousands, late nineties. And eventually got into Playboy and Playboy published the website. So this website blew up. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we should buy a camera. You should take pictures of me like as a hobby. You know, you should try to see if you can shoot me, you know, maybe shoot me for the website. And I always went to photo shoots with her just for safety reasons and this and that. You I, mean I, like when she was shooting for Playboy? Nah, when she was shooting for a car magazine or okay. a bikini company mm-hmm. or whatever. I, you know, back then she didn't like to drive and I knew my way around. And yeah. so the daytime when I wasn't working in the clubs, I was driver to the, you know, when would you sleep? Barely. And I would like look at the photographer's setup and I would see them shooting her and I would always want to like interrupt and say, you know, it'd be better if you did this or did that. And, yeah. and I probably did a few times and way overstepped. And I finally just like wrote some of the equipment down. I would like look at the camera, look at the lighting. I wrote the name of it down and just started, you know, looking it up and eventually like bought a digital camera bought one light and started experimenting and started looking at magazines, trying to figure out how people lit things and, you know, just taught myself like with my ex just screwing around. And uh, I got to the point where I, I was confident enough and sick and tired of working at the club enough to where I quit my job. Mm-hmm. And at that time was not happy at work. And one thing set me off. And uh, the owner of the club said something to me, and I just said, threw the keys on the desk and said, you know what? It's all yours. <laughs> I'm out of here. 
Really? That's yeah. like a move. I didn't know you did that. Yeah. He got pissed at me for something I did, uh, you know, a decision I made for the club. And he tried to send me home for a week with no pay. I laughed and I said, you can fucking have the club. I don't give a shit. I said, wow. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. So like, you know, have Sounds fun. like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, the business is not full of uh, philanthropists. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a place for good people. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I just kept practicing and doing that. And then, you know, before you know it, her girlfriends were asking me to shoot them. You mean you were shooting on location? Were you shooting in the studio? Like what? Not really shooting in studio. I was just shooting at location. So, you know, we would shoot for her website, whether it be at our house or we'd go to a place. And I just started coming up with ideas and practicing and, you know, not really knowing what the hell I was doing. Yeah. And somehow made it work. I look back now thinking how stupid I was. I should have went and got some like proper training. Yeah, but it's way cooler that you're self-taught. <laughs> I know, but it, you know, I feel like I could have done more. Really? If I if I had learned faster, I sort of created this weird way of shooting for myself. But you know, now it's not weird. But yeah, I sort of just created this style for myself. What was your first paid job? My first paid job was shooting box covers for adult films. <sighs> Uh, it was the, the only person calling and I, we met this person through a friend they had an adult video company and said hey i'm doing this new series can you shoot the box covers like you know glamorous like you shoot your girlfriend mm-hmm. like, yeah so got together a, they had a makeup artist had a clothing all this stuff and i would shoot these you know beautiful covers mm-hmm. and uh, make the girls look really good and that was like my first job it's kind of funny. You see this like beautiful, glamorous photo of them, and you turn it over, and you see like five guys on top of oh <laughs> the back God. of it. Ugh. So yeah, and then I got known for that a little bit, and then years down the road, I started working for Penthouse, Penthouse Magazine, and just sort of in that world. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> I was in that world and young and hungry and eager to you know take kind of whatever was thrown at me, and so. Mm-hmm. I just worked, 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 like took anything and everything. Then how did you land a job at Playboy? So my girlfriend or at the time, her friend that I shot, her boyfriend worked at a company that Playboy acquired and she loved my pictures. And um, she said, hey, my boyfriend works for Playboy now and I know they're looking for photographers, I'll recommend you. And I said, okay, sure, whatever. Like, honestly, it was like around 2006 and I really, I was good, but I wasn't great. I mean, I, I look back now and laugh, but I guess I was good back then for yeah. that time. Well, the and, style has changed yeah, so much. changed a lot. Yeah. And uh, literally I got a call a week later and said, hey, can you come and do a little test shoot with us in Florida? And I said, holy shit, okay, yeah. Cool. And so they flew me to Florida. I did this test shoot. I killed it. Then they had me back in LA. And then I, and that's how I started with and this online division of Playboy, which was this Playboy.com and all these different Playboy websites. And that's how I got started with Playboy. Yeah. Yeah. Funny now. And that girl yeah. who was a penthouse pet and then started doing adult films and all that stuff now is a huge, huge star in Bollywood. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> huge, huge star. Anyway. Is so. she Balinese? 
No, her name's Sunny Leone. So hi, Sunny, if you're out there. I saw her here <laughs> about a year ago. She was doing a shoot here. Wow. But yeah, anyway, she really connected me with Playboy. And that, that was sort of my first big break. And then I was married at the time to the same girl and we broke up. And right after that, six months later, I sort of got my really big break, which was, you know, MySpace was big back then. And it's probably before you. No, did I you have a MySpace. Oh my god, did I have a MySpace? I had oh the coolest fucking MySpace there ever was. No, you remember how you could like customize oh, yeah. the music that you could do? Totally, totally. change the background. Yeah. You had your top friends. Yeah, I know. Oh my god, it's so crazy. And then you'd look at other people's and you'd oh, be like, "What the fuck? Why am I not in their top friends?" MySpace. I was obsessed yeah. with MySpace. So I was, yeah, I was at an adult convention, of course. And this was my world back then. Hey, listen, you know, everyone starts somewhere. It's so weird. And I was at this adult convention with my buddies, and I was recently single and going through a really horrible breakup and a divorce. And I was walking through a crowd, and Jenna Jameson was to my right and, you know, doing an interview on some TV thing. And I looked over and she saw me and she stopped what she was doing and she excused me and walked over me and she goes, Josh, it's Jenna. Do you remember me? I met her years before at the club. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I go, yeah, of course. Hi. And she's like, will you shoot me? Oh, <laughs> my God. I was like, uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize she asked you in person like that. In front of everybody. And people were like, wow. Oh, what the hell? It was like the most surreal thing ever. And back then, like she was, she was huge. Yeah. Big deal. She was at the height of her fame. Yeah. Playboy, I think, was just buying her company. She had her number one book out. So she's very, very famous and, you know, sort of a household name with housewives and, you know, men, of course. Yeah, so I did a shoot with her at her house. And uh, she literally took the pictures and plastered them over her MySpace. And from that day forward, I mean, she had like two million friends. Right. And gave you credit, right? Oh, I put my name on the photo, on the actual image. Yeah. And from Smart. that day forward, literally, the phone didn't stop ringing. And wow. I was that's... literally working five days a week from MySpace. And that's how, that's how I got started. And that's how I created, like, my little model packages and photo packages and mm-hmm. put a team together and all this stuff. So, yeah, that's how I literally got started. And and that mixed with Playboy. And then I started doing swimwear and lingerie brands. And then eventually got completely phased out of anything had to do with adult related content and then moved my way up through the ranks of playboy for 10 years yeah (laughs) 10 years and a very very long journey and through a lot of adversity that company a lot of people that did not want me to succeed and then of course the last three years i was the top guy the senior photographer and uh, shooting the centerfolds and covers and all that stuff and so yeah interesting journey lots of fun very stressful What would you say to like the naysayers when people were doubting you at Playboy or like you said that there were people that didn't want you to succeed? What do you mean? Yeah. And what would you say and how would you react? Anybody that works at a company that's been there for many, many years and used to a certain way of life and a lifestyle and and a paycheck probably would be threatened by anybody coming up that's really hungry and pretty good. Yeah. Oh, so you mean so, just other photographers who were there and who felt like they were being yeah, replaced I was by you? Stepping on people's toes. Yeah. I was Yeah. I was a little too loud because there was a lot of talk about me. Mm-hmm. All the girls asked to shoot with me. Yeah. They had all started 
hearing about me. And then I started shooting Hef's girlfriends. Right. And they all wanted to shoot me. So that right there sort of gave me sort of this little protection area, this yeah. layer of protection. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we get a call from friends saying, hey, you know, you need to slow down. You're being a little too loud. Like, just, you know, Who said scale that? it back. <laughs> One of my friends that worked at Playboy. Oh. Photographer. Really? Yeah, my friend Yarmo. But, like, you're not supposed to dim your light for anyone. I didn't. So did you? I went harder. Oh, good. I went harder. That's awesome. And typically was the person to do the absolute opposite. Didn't like to rock the boat. Even though I was acted confident, I wasn't confident in myself back then. And um, I, for some reason, said, fuck this. I'm just going to go harder. And I did. And it worked. And um, the cards just sort of played out to where I would eventually... I just went from all these different divisions in Playboy and eventually landed at the magazine. And I was like the last guy to work with Hef on contract work with Hef. Yeah, that so, is true. That yeah. is actually true. That's really so, iconic. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. We actually owe credit to one of the girls that you tested for Playboy for introducing us. We probably never would have shot together if it wasn't for. That's right. I did test her. But That's what right. I can't remember her name, though. She saw that I was at guess for a fit and then. You know, it was always my dream to shoot for guests. And we haven't really touched on guests yet. But I remember she DM'd me and she said, oh, you should reach out to this photographer, Josh Ryan. He shoots all the campaigns for guests. And so obviously I was like, okay, I'm going to look him up. Because I had just moved to LA. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know who you were. I didn't know. I didn't know anybody. Yeah. And so, yeah, thanks to that girl. I want to say her name was Christine, but maybe not. <sighs> it's going to bug remember. me now. She's a really nice girl. Can't remember. Yeah. Can't remember. Anyways, I, I, I shout out. out and thank you yeah. for, <laughs> for doing that because I probably never would have reached out to you. I mean, maybe eventually, but like I feel like it wouldn't have gone the way that it had. So with Playboy, you need to write a book. I remember on our first date, actually, you told me you were going to write a book and you showed me the picture that you were going <laughs> to use as the cover. I might change that now, but yeah. Yes, please do. Anyways, the picture he was going to use was a picture of you in bed with like yeah, like five strippers. Five strippers. <laughs> I was 24. I looked so young. It's just so far away from the reality of what people are experiencing now. Like the Playboy Mansion is yeah. so iconic. And I feel like so many people grew up watching the girls next door. And like, obviously, yeah. Hef is an icon. And you got to experience all of that firsthand. I did. Um, to a certain extent, you know, I was, yeah. I was in pretty good with the company, but it was, you know, but like I even just also, the mansion. Yeah, going. the mansion was great. Yeah. It was a, a very special place. Mm-hmm. And um, I always tell people no one will ever understand what it was like. And no one will understand the mystique and the mysterious and the, I guess, the uniqueness of the place. There'll never be another place like it. It was all timing. It had a lot to do with where the world was at the time. And yeah. this generation now doesn't really know a lot about yeah. Broadway and Hef and you right. know, how iconic and controversial and popular it was you know i grew up in the 80s and 90s and you know if you were a playmate you were a celebrity yeah if you were sample you were a celebrity yeah and um you know it was very strange to be at the place that i had grown up looking in this magazine at the pictures of the parties and all this stuff and all of a sudden i you know become in these pictures and i, I become know. part of this. how surreal is that so it was interesting it was really cool and then being able to go and shoot there and just kind of explore and yeah. Have free range to walk around and do my thing there. It was it was really, really cool. And I, I owe a lot to 
half's girlfriends for, you know, yeah. giving me that access. Holly at first and then Crystal later on. Did you ever have like a pinch me moment where you were just like, holy shit, this yeah, is crazy. Absolutely. Many times. Yeah. Actually at the mansion, being in the grotto, that was always fun and wild. The Midsummer Night's Dream Party was amazing, but I always loved Fourth of July Party. That was yeah. so much fun because you could really just let loose. And it was only playmates and family and friends. It wasn't open for people getting tickets to and all right. that stuff. And, you know, it was just a full day of like fun in the sun, mm-hmm. games. There was hot dog stands everywhere and food and bars and ice that cream does stands. That sound fun. And down the big rolling hills, there's a giant water slide. Oh, I had these crazy videos of going so down the cool. water. Yeah, it was so much fun. And um, it was a lot of fun. I have fond memories of yeah. going and doing that stuff. You always met interesting people there. After my marriage, you know, obviously, you know, I dated a girl who I got into Playboy, mm-hmm. who eventually became a playmate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we dated for seven years. And so she was around that a lot. So. Together, we were sort of a Playboy couple, so we would go to yeah. a lot of these events together. And so her experiences were mixed with mine, and we had solo experiences. And so it was sort of, I kind of had the double experience of it, I should say. Right, Being, yeah. you know, together with someone that was very close to it as well in, in right. sort of a different way. Yeah, that really, is cool. Yeah, so kind of interesting. But I remember just being, uh, you know, just doing a photo shoot there and just sitting in one of Hef's dens and, <laughs> you know, my photo assistant, Phil, at the time, just, you know, I've ever taken a picture of him at Hef's desk and he just kicked back with his feet on the desk. <laughs> so he would. Oh, <laughs> my God, so Phil. That's but, uh, you know, so many cool things in there, you know, uh, Picasso paintings and, you know, Salvador Dali with painting in the hallway that John Lennon put his cigarette out on. You can see it. That and, is so cool. You know, just yeah. cool, cool stuff there. You know, I love history and I love yeah, you do. things with character and all that stuff. So I always soaked it in and tried to, you know, make the most of it every time I was there. And um, each time I would go there, I would try to find something new about the place. And it was very, very interesting. So very interesting. So back then you were spending your Saturday nights at the fucking Playboy Mansion. No, and no. now you're now <laughs> we're, we're uh, listening to the Cars soundtrack and exactly. changing diapers yes. and yes. dealing with our toddler. Yeah. How fun. I prefer now than then. Oh, sure. I do. I do. As you evolve as a human being, you get older and you get more wiser. You realize, you know, everything's about the timing in your life and. Also, you got it out of your system. So, like, you were able to experience all of that. So, now you feel ready to be in this stage of your life. I thought my life was wild at the strip clubs. My life became way more wild and adventurous and more experiences when I was working at Playboy and even after Playboy. So. Yeah. Okay. So, Playboy (laughs) and then Guess. So, yeah. Playboy. Worked at Playboy. I was a senior photographer for three years. So, I shot a lot of centerfolds, a lot of covers. I was very proud of that time in my life. Yeah. Had a lot of fun. I was involved in the whole process from start to finish. Found many playmates. Got many girls playmate. And I think 2014, I think I got seven of the girls playmate. They were my recommendations. And so I was doing all the testing. Mm-hmm. So I had a deal to do the testing. I would, And then I had a deal to get a percentage of the, of the girl made playmate. So I was making money of that way. And, oh, you know, that's so cool. So it was a big incentive like for a me. a founder's fee. I got a finder's fee finder's for it. Fee. <laughs> so I got a, I had a really big incentive to do that. And um, it was great. It was awesome. And I was very proud of that time in my life. And um, it was a lot of fun. 
I love the whole process start to finish of the concept and then seeing it laid out on the board of the, the layout that the art director chose and, you know, going and shooting it. And it was a lot of fun. It was very rewarding to me. I really enjoyed it. And then the company took a major turn and of course my contract ended and all of a sudden <laughs> we were all gone. <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, how anyway. was that so scary when your contract ended? I know that that was like a was very hard. pivotal yeah, it was moment hard. in your life. 2016 is when it happened. What's uh, advice for people out there who have experienced like a career loss or just like a big life change like that? How um, did you deal with it? I took it hard. 2016, 2015, I was in this very beginning stages of, uh, you know, a journey sort of finding myself and going through some intense therapy and sort of figuring life out mm-hmm. and trying to figure out you know, why I'd chosen the partners I had in life, why I'd repeated the process so many times and learning about myself and how I'm hardwired. And, uh, you know, in that process and in that time period, you sort of connect the dots to what you do for a living and how you deal with what you do for a living. And, uh, you know, a lot of my identity was wrapped up in that job at Playboy. And it was tough losing it. Yeah, I'm sure. Because, you know, you what, okay, what am I going to do next that's going to, you know. Top this. Because it probably felt like at the time that was like the pinnacle, right? Yeah. I remember thinking back to myself, if I could just for once ever just shoot for Playboy, I would make it in life. Okay. So I did that. Okay. If I once just got a cover, I, that would that would be it for me. I'd make it. Okay. This is called astronaut syndrome, by yeah. the way. 29 covers. Yeah. Okay. Then, okay, what if I just got to be shoot a centerfold, you know, like, and so, you know, it goes on and on and on. And you realize, you know, you keep setting the goalpost back farther and farther ahead. Mm-hmm. So my identity was wrapped up in that a lot. So I had to sort of reinvent myself again yeah. and find myself. And it was really difficult believing in yourself to go do that. Yeah. And um, I actually owe my mom a lot of, a really? lot of credit for that. And she helped me a lot through that time period because I was going a lot going through a lot emotionally dealing with a loss of a relationship and kind of the loss of myself yeah, and sort of becoming more honest and self-reliant with myself and mixing that with my career. (laughs) It was hard. It was really hard, but all I can say is you really just have to take a leap of faith and believe in yourself. And it's the hardest thing in the world to do, as I've told you many, 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 many times. Yeah. And even when you think you got it all down, you believe in yourself all the time, you have setbacks. But, you know, I had some good people around me and I I was confident in my ability and uh, prevailed from Playboy and went on to do lots of other things. Yeah. Well, did you ever feel like you had imposter syndrome because you were self-taught? Like, did you feel like you didn't belong? What day is it? Still for that <laughs> really? <laughs> Not anymore as much. No, I, I think everyone has that. But yeah, I talk about that a lot in my my workshop when I speak to my students is mm-hmm. uh, imposter syndrome was huge with me my whole entire life. Never thought yeah. I belonged here, there. Yeah. And once I started shooting for Playboy, there was this sort of a stigma around it. Like, hey, Playboy photographers are Playboy photographers right. and fashion photographers are fashion photographers and you're not good enough to do this and you're not good enough to do that. Mm -hmm. So stay in your lane. And I never wanted to. And I'm like, well, why can't I do both? Yeah. And that's why I sort of tried to blend it and change 
the look of Playboy and, and update it and modernize it. And I think I was successful at doing that along with, yeah. with Tony. And um, I didn't think there should be a label on photography at all. Yeah. Like, who gives a shit what you shoot? Like if, if someone goes shoot something nude or adult, you can go shoot a fashion magazine like that. It, it doesn't matter. What matters is the image that you're seeing. Right. It doesn't matter what people shoot. So I struggled for years with imposter syndrome and not believing my ability. Then I got better and better and I saw the results of my hard work and, and started believing in myself more. And, you know, you I were did. able to break the mold and I was always stereotypes. doing things while in Playboy, yeah. always like shooting things, side projects, fun stuff that had nothing to do with Playboy, whether it be a clothing brand or, you know, swim or something like that. And I was developing my style. Yeah. So, you know, I'd met Paul through a friend in Cabo and, you know, we said hi to each other and we knew each other. We knew each other's Paul work. Marciano. Paul Marciano, is, yeah. And what is his title? Just the owner of Guess or what is he? He is the creative director. Creative guess, director. Yeah. But he started Guess with his brothers, yeah. Okay. We met at a party in, in uh, Cabo and said, hey, I know you. I know you and blah, blah, blah. So we, we texted back and forth and I tried to get synergy. It took me a long time to get some synergy with him. And that was the goal. After Playboy, I wanted to go do guests. Or during Playboy, I wanted to shoot guests. Yeah. And I stayed on him. And it was tough. And got done with Playboy. And I brought him one of the issues that I had shot a guest girl for. It's so funny. <laughs> I came up with this whole plan to shoot a guest girl for Playboy. And felt that, hey, this could possibly be my end, I guess. Yeah. And so I came up with this plan. I, I took it to the art director. I said, hey, I have this friend. I shoot her a lot. She's a guest girl. She said she would do Playboy. I go, we put something in, in an upcoming issue. And he was into it. He said, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it for, I don't know, July issue or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so. Paul was into it or? No, Paul had nothing to do with it. Okay. It was the art director at Playboy. And so okay. I sort of, you know, created this whole baby and brought it to the table and executed it and it ended up being the cover it's one of my favorite covers which one is it it's the workout one oh, uh the girl in the rings yeah uh, heather depriest i didn't know she was a guest girl she's a guest girl i didn't know for that. a long time yeah and so yeah that's one of my favorites uh and they put uh guest girl on the cover of really Boy. so yeah it got paul's attention and i remember oh i didn't know that so when it came out i brought him an issue and i came to the offices and, and yeah um, you know showed it to him and I don't, I don't know if he was impressed or not. I don't know at the time. <laughs> I mean, clearly he must have been <laughs> on know, some we'll level. But we, you know, we had a nice conversation. He showed me around the guest campus and gave me a couple books and signed them to me. And I said, you know, I could love to do something with you sometime. And yeah, 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 yeah. This and that. What do you mean? So you just walked into Paul's office? Like, how did, did you get in a meeting with him? I texted him and said, hey, I'd love to come down to guests and bring you, you know, uh, an issue. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. You know, it was kind of hot off the presses. So. Right. From there, a text conversation started. Yeah. And it took me about, I would say, about a year. Finally, I said, listen, why don't you give me some wardrobe? I'll do a test shoot for you. If you like it, maybe we can work together. If not, I'll never bug you again. Mm -hmm. And he agreed. So I went down there and got some wardrobe. And I put together, like, last bit of money that I had. <laughs> yeah. And I did this, you know, three day test shoot and uh 
Yeah, and he really liked it. Paid off. Yeah, paid off. And he said, okay, I want you to do a shoot with my people. And he Mm -hmm. sent me some models and went to this house in the hills and shot this crazy campaign. And I literally just freaking destroyed it. Yeah. And he called me back in the office. and The rest is history. And he's like, my friend, you've earned yourself a campaign. And that's how it started with Guess Yeah. That's so exciting. Do you remember how you felt when you got your first guest campaign? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. He told me right there I got a campaign. He literally right. said, I want you to shoot the same girls, the same house, and I don't want you to change anything. And he literally says, a lot of, I've told this to a lot of people, and they go back, and they screw it up. Mm, He's mm-hmm. like, don't screw it up. Okay. He literally said, I want you to shoot <laughs> the exact same way. It's intimidating. And the campaign was great. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a good example for anyone out there that if you want something, you just have to be persistent and go after it. Like yeah. you used your last bit of money. You stayed <laughs> stayed on Paul like nonstop for a whole year. Like a lot of people I feel like would give up at a certain point. Yeah. But I think that this is a good example of you just you can't give up and you have to keep. Yeah. Keep going. Sometimes I try to find that person that got me there sometimes sometimes you need well, it I back think with you, too, you know? you've reached a point in your career where you have accomplished so much so maybe you feel like almost yeah. complacent and now you got to stay hungry for sure yeah. and always because the moment you get comfortable is when you know things start to change yeah so you got to keep moving forward with different projects and you cannot put all your eggs in one basket and especially in this business i'll tell you that so yeah so now since then you've obviously transitioned and moved on and you've shot many different things you shoot uh, everything now you shoot fashion activewear jewelry shoes. lingerie swimwear shoes <laughs> yeah so it's been fun i have no regrets um no regrets no regrets <laughs> and uh i feel so lucky to do something that you love that you love yeah and you know it's not a steady job but it's a very rewarding and exciting mm-hmm. job i can honestly say that you're never bored yeah and um as time moves on and i get older and i evolve more in my career i see all these new areas to transition to and it's uh it's interesting it's fun it's scary it's a lot of work but you know i think it's it's great yeah yeah plus having a young son i don't think there's any retirement in the near future (laughs) yeah i want to talk about that obviously because jumping forward a little bit like how has becoming a father changed you and can i say my perspective first yes because i've heard that biologically men are wired as soon as they become fathers, there's this this mode that kind of activates and kicks in in men that they just need to become the provider. Yeah. And I literally witnessed that in you. <laughs> like the moment Hunter was born, I just felt like something changed in you and something switched. Yeah. You were grinding really hard and Yeah. But yeah, from your point of view, like how has becoming a father changed you? I mean, in so many ways, but a lot of ways. It's definitely changed my perspective on life and changed my perspective on the things that are important yeah, and the things that are unimportant. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day. If I had become a father earlier in life, I probably would have started making a lot more responsible decisions a lot younger. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking to myself. Like, you waited until the last I, minute. I, I literally waited until no, the last I was just minute. Kidding. Uh, but yeah, but who knows if I would have taken those chances back then. You know what I mean? Listen, becoming a father has literally been the best thing ever. Every day is something new and your your love for your child and your family grows more and more every single day. You know, I literally thank God every night for this experience of having a family and being yeah. a father. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. Babe, you're tearing <laughs> up. Oh. I wasn't until these lights got so bright. Oh, yeah. Eyes. Yeah, it's the lights. <laughs> but so yeah, no, it's... it's um, well, I you've sort of, always I, wanted to be a father, Of course, too. and I imagined that it would be this way, exactly how I thought it would kind of be. Mm-hmm. But the connection and the intensity of the connection and the love you feel is way greater than you Could, think. Yeah. And people always say, like, you'll never understand yeah. love until you have the love of a child. And it is really it's true. It's so true. It's really and true. And I think, too, that I've realized that a really cool thing about becoming a parent is that you can redo the things that you didn't like about your childhood. And I feel like you're really doing that. I feel like— Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you get the opportunity to just parent your child exactly how you wish you had yeah. been parented. And so I think yeah. in a in a lot of ways, you're taking the things that obviously you liked that your parents did, and then you're taking the things that you didn't like that your yeah. parents did and doing it you know, a hundred times know, better. The cliche, I think, still applies. You know, everything sort of happens for a reason. Yeah. And I don't think I could have been this person and this father without have gone through some serious therapy in my life first. And it took, you know, a big event for me to force myself to finally go and figure stuff out and figure how you're hardwired and how your childhood's connected to mm-hmm. your, you know, your adult self. And it's made me such a better person and a, a more present and understanding human and a father. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Knowing the connection from your childhood to yourself and correlating that with, you know, the kid that you're raising, mm-hmm. I think is a big deal. And I don't think a lot of people do that. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, I, I think, think it's, it's important. really important. Yeah. yeah I important. think that's a good message so, for sure. And I constantly are kind of policing myself whether or not, hey, all right, if we say this or do this, is this going to, you know, is this going to end up in therapy for him someday? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very conscious of, you know, the things that, that we're doing and how we're raising him and, you know, it means a lot to me. I want him to have a better childhood than I had. Not that I had a really horrible one, but I just want to. Well, I think we've already managed yeah. to do that. Yeah. I, I think we are. Yeah. I mean. We're doing good. Not to brag, but I think we're pretty <laughs> fucking good parents. Like, I think yeah, we're the think best so. parents out there. We're doing good. Yeah, we're doing a really good job. Yeah. And it's also easy because he's the best kid in the world. I mean, <laughs> obviously we're biased, but. Yeah, it's he's the easiest person to love. Okay, guys, so I want to talk to you about one of my new favorite wellness brands, and that is For Wellness. I have the pleasure of using two of their hero products, the Good Stuff and the Recovery Gummies, and now I'm hooked to both of them. Literally the day I ran out, I immediately went to the website and restocked using my own code. 
So the good stuff is a performance coffee supplement that helps you combat inflammation, feel calmer, and increase your energy at the same time. I actually notice a huge difference on the days that I take it versus the days that I don't. I feel so clear-headed, focused, and energized when I take it, and it's probably due to the fact that it contains five functional ingredients that include L-theanine, collagen, cinnamon, MCT, and Himalayan salt. And then the recovery gummies taste like actual candy, but give you the benefits of a high-performing athlete. They contain tart cherry extract that helps to reduce muscle soreness after a workout and provide you with sustained energy. I can't recommend these products enough, and with the holidays approaching and the new year just around the corner, For Wellness is the perfect place to shop for your loved ones or for yourself to help you feel your best going into the new year. So for 25% off your order, use code CHEROKEE in all caps, C-H-E-R-O-K-E-E, when you check out at forwellness.com. That's F O R. W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S dot com for 25% off your order. Such a great deal, you guys. Do not miss out. What else did I want to ask you? And this is a big uh, pivot, but <laughs> what was what was sex like while I was pregnant? Oh, wow. I didn't know that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> What was pregnant sex like? You loved it. I liked it. It was fine. I, ah. I know it was good. Hey, it was good. I, listen, listen. When you're pregnant, you know this new. Why are you gonna play it cool? No, but listen. To what I'm saying here. When I when you were pregnant, this new wave of love and connection sort of comes into your life because now you're creating this child together, right? So, like the deeper you're connected to a person the better the sex is. And I always tell you that, like, I, it's really hard for me to do, you know, make up sex. sex because we're not connected and all that. It's very tough for me because I need, I need to feel connected to you. And I know you're just like, well, let's fucking do it and get it over with. <laughs> not get it over with, but I think it's hot to do makeup sex. Okay. Well, Which, it's so weird. Cause one of my favorite things about you is that you're very masculine. Obviously you're the alpha, but you're also so, not feminine, but just very in touch with your emotions. You're sensitive. You're artistic. You're into lots of things that men aren't usually into, but you're also like, you can build a fucking fence. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, pregnant sex was good. I liked it. It was fun. Felt different. Yeah. Yeah. Things were moving around down there. <laughs> What do you mean? What? Yeah, like the baby, you know. The, oh, because the yeah, head was coming down. I don't know. You, the walls were being pushed in, and <laughs> it was fun. I'd never experienced anything like this, and it was just beautiful and interesting to see your belly grow and mm-hmm. see you change. And uh, I loved it. I loved it when you're pregnant. Yeah, I, you know, you, know, I loved going out with you and touching your belly all the time, and yeah. it was fun. It was fun. And then during my birth, yeah, I always told you like stay above the waist. Yes, that was what that was, was the plan. <laughs> that was the plan, but obviously that did not happen. Nope. You literally caught Hunter yeah. out of my vag as yeah. he flew out. No, not fly out yeah. at all. 
Oh, but what was it like being on the other side, seeing me labor and give birth? It was tough. You know, I wanted, I, you know, there's times you feel helpless. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know, it. and I was just doing whatever I could to keep you comfortable. And it was tough. It was also tough sort of having your parents there too for yeah. me yeah. also. I, I guess I couldn't totally feel like I could let my guard down a little bit. You know, I love them to death, but it was not the plan so to speak. I thought we were just going to be you and I in the room with the birth team. But everything worked out fine. I didn't think it was going to go that long. Yeah. (laughs) I was exhausted. I can't believe how I'm sure you're, as you were too. I know. The next day you were like. (laughs) You know, it's funny going through those pictures the other night with Hunter, you know, he was sitting on my lap at the computer and he wanted to look at pictures. And so I started at the beginning, the birth pictures with him. Mm -hmm. And it brought back a lot of those memories from that night. Holy shit. Wow. I just remember that whole so, day. So long. It was such a long day. From laying on the grass mm-hmm. when you're having contractions and then, mm-hmm. you know, to the evening time. We were like, okay, it's time. And we thought he was going to be born by, what, 5 o'clock, 6 yeah. o'clock? Nope. Try <laughs> no <fucking way. laughs> <laughs> 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Seeing me give birth and like being up in my business. What did that make you feel? Uh, it didn't bother me. Yeah. It was fine. I always thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to be away from that. I don't want to see it. But no, it didn't. It, it yeah. you know, it made me love you even more. Like it yeah. brought me closer to you. Aww. Like I, you know, you never know what it's like until you're there in that situation. Right. When it's yeah. your own kid being born. Right. You know, am I going to go to a close friend's birth and do that? <laughs> no. Yeah. But you know, when it's your own kid, and I'm up by you trying, babe, just go, keep pushing, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, they're like, the head's coming out. And I'm like, what? What? I want to see it. Yeah. So. I know. I never, like, if I was in the room and being a viewer, I never could stay above the waist. Yeah. Because it's so, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> by the, way, by the way, you don't realize how weird your baby looks until you go back and look at the birth pictures. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so- <laughs> because he's so cute now, but, like, he was a little ugly. Little yeah. <laughs> He was, yeah, I know. I look back, even like at six months, I was like, oh, we were like, posting this on social, social media. So proud. But, oh, <laughs> and I love, remember the other night we were like, oh, Hunter, we said something like, when were you born? Yeah. And he's like, I was born in the pictures. In the picture. Yeah. yeah. It's so cute because so obviously he only sees the pictures. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Very strange that it, I mean, I'd say what, not even two, he was doing it. One and a half, he started looking at his birth book. I know. He was so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I love him so much. But like, remember the first day that we had him? It was such a scary feeling. Holding him in my arms and he was crying. No, I remember this moment. I remember the moment. It was early in the morning and everyone had left and I'm like. And it was just us in the room and we had this little baby and we were like. What the hell are we doing? I was like, what the hell? Your parents were sleeping. Yeah. I remember feeling really scared. I was was like. Yeah. It was a little, little unnerving. Yeah. Yeah. And I could sense your energy because he started crying and we were like, oh, my God, what do we do now? Yeah. Like he's actually here now because you wait so long. You wait 10 months for this child to be born. Yeah. And then when they're there, it's like your whole world changes. In a second. Mm-hmm. It's been my favorite witnessing you Yeah, as a father. It's like the best feeling in the world because I can tell how much you've grown to love him. Yeah. And it's like, it's so fun watching. I would say the best explanation on how I've changed as a person. Since becoming a father. It's really made me grow up. Yeah. 
it's a very broad term, but it made me just not procrastinate on the things that you always say that you do. Mm-hmm. And then what's the number one thing you think you want to instill in Hunter? Uh, belief in himself. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I lived with a lifetime full of doubt mm-hmm. and self-doubt and fear, and it's a waste of time. Yeah. It's a waste of freaking time. I yeah. know. When you learn about yourself and you learn about the decisions you make and you realize how many of those decisions are based on fear, mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> I'm not like regretful of the journey, but I often think about how things would have been different if I just had a little bit more self-belief, if I had parents that were a little bit more involved and, yeah. you know, helping me believe in myself. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Okay, so should we talk a little bit about us and our relationship yeah, and how let's do it. How we met and how we're parents now. It's how it's crazy. going. Yeah. <laughs> so as we talked about a little bit before, we met at this very studio. Right here, yes. Where we're sitting. Well, not where we're sitting, but for everyone out there, Josh and I have been together for a little over five years. Yeah. It was five years in September. Mm-hmm. Actually, you proposed to me on the 17th. So that was 22. F- five, five days, days. before. <laughs> five days before our five-year anniversary. Yeah. That's cool. And then we were going to celebrate our friend's wedding, which happened to fall on, exactly on our five-year anniversary. Yep. And we count our anniversary as 22nd. the first day that we met. Anyways, so... Yeah, we met here at this very studio. I came here for a test shoot. I remember it was a Saturday. And, well, we had planned to shoot earlier. A couple times. A couple times. We pushed it. You pushed it. And I was like, oh, man, like he's he's just going to blow me off and ghost me. And, And I lived all the way in Orange County. And it was a Saturday. I drove all the way here. And you were like, yeah, just bring a couple looks. And at that time, I was, like, thrifting. I was like, I don't have any looks. What do you mean? <laughs> and you showed up kind of hungover because the night before you had gone out. And I was really into health and wellness at the time. Like, I was gluten-free, dairy-free, pretty much sugar-free at the yeah. time. And I remember judging you so hard because you had a McDonald's cup in your hand. But it was probably, I think it was, it was just tea. an iced tea. It was iced tea. Because there's a McDonald's right next door to yeah. the studio. And I remember judging him so hard, but then also, like, having this crush on you at the same time. <laughs> I had no idea, by the way. <laughs> it wasn't so much that I had a crush on you when I met you. I had just worked up this fantasy in my head before we met and maybe it was because I was bored in my current relationship and Mm -hmm. I don't know I guess I had seen a picture of you I probably had seen a picture of you before I shot with you and then I just yeah I had this fantasy in my head of like coming here and us being alone at the studio (laughs) and I was just like oh (sighs) I had just moved to LA guys I was Young and excited, <laughs> clearly, about a lot of things. And um, yeah, I was really, really nervous to shoot with you, obviously, because you had shot with a lot of models that I really looked up to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was very intimidated to shoot with you, but you made me feel really comfortable. You were very professional. Mm-hmm. 
we had like some flirty banter, but Did not we? not yeah, but, really. Yeah. Maybe not in your eyes, but to me, I was like, oh my god, he loves me. <laughs> um, and we shot for maybe a total of what, like thirty minutes to an hour. Yeah, I wasn't looking for a girlfriend at the time. I wasn't looking. But that's when the best things I know. hit you. It's, that's when it always happens when you're not looking. Yeah, I've been single for. Basically a year almost. And I was in a relationship at the yeah. time. But we had moved here from Hawaii together. We were both kind of naturally growing apart anyways. He didn't like being here in L.A. I loved it. And I wanted to stay here because I was kind of sick of Hawaii. Not like sick of Hawaii. Just It was hard living there because my family lived so far away. Yeah. So coming to L.A. was very exciting for me. It was lots of new opportunities. And I was just excited. So... Yeah, then we started talking, and we texted back and forth for probably like, what was it, like a month or two months? Two months, probably, yeah. And then we finally had our first date. Yeah, I feel like we grew a connection through messaging and texting. definitely did. Yeah, we like, we went deep in our text messages. Like, we would be texting each other paragraphs. Yeah. It's cool to look Mm -hmm. back on Mm -hmm. and read some of our old text messages. I'm trying to find it. It's really hard to go back that far. How's it been for you? Five years. It has been. (laughs) There's been a lot of ups and downs. It's been a lot of ups and downs. And I think because I got into the relationship so young and I was so naive at the time. I was new to L.A., didn't know anybody. I was trying to, like, make it in a very difficult industry when a lot of odds were kind of against me. So it was comforting and like it felt safe to know you and to have you in my life because you were just so evolved as a human and also in the industry and you helped me. You've helped me so much and you've encouraged me to learn a lot about myself and I feel like I've learned a lot from you and But yeah, it was scary at the beginning for me. Mm -hmm. It was intimidating being with someone like you because you've lived basically a lifetime more than me and you've experienced a lot more things than me. And I felt like I had a lot of catching up to do. Mm -hmm. And I finally feel like I'm at a point in my life where I feel like we're kind of on level level Yeah. (laughs) Well, a kid will equalize you for sure. Yeah. Because your responsibility level is, you know, the same, I should say. Maybe yours is a little more. But uh, yeah, definitely that that definitely changes the dynamic for sure. But yeah, I have grown more within the past five years of being with you than I have, I think, cumulatively in my entire life. Yeah. I think more in the past two years. Since having Hunter, for sure. It's definitely accelerated and just kind of opened up my eyes in a lot of ways. And it's also just put my priorities in check. I think it's important to say that it's hard being in a relationship when you're both in the same business. Yeah, that's true. It's hard when one person's in the business. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's hard when both are in the business. Not as much for me, but I think more for you because... You're younger and still kind of learning about yourself as you go. Well, yeah. And you're sort of thrown into this. It's a lot to digest. And it's a lot of pressure to feel confident within your own self and in your own skin when you're 
you're subconsciously and probably consciously comparing yourself to a lot of other women in the industry that you're surrounded by. So yeah, that's definitely been something that I've struggled with, but I've come to terms with it now. And I've like finally realized that it's your career. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure being a photographer's girlfriend, especially one who's as accomplished as you. There's like this unspoken pressure to feel like you have to be at the level and standard of all of the women that you're shooting. And it's not like it's like a competition, but like in some way you feel like you want to, I don't know. I don't know how to put it into words. I don't want you to feel that way, but I get it. Yeah. And I've obviously come to terms with it now. And I'm just like, you know, having Hunter has helped me for sure. Because it's like, why would I place my effort and energy on comparing myself to all these women that you're shooting when I could be focusing on myself and focusing on my kid? And focusing on what we do have. Yeah. This is a struggle we go through a lot. (laughs) Why are we even doing this? I don't know. Because we're trying to be more real about ourselves. It's not all perfect life on social media it's no it's it's a struggle like having a relationship having a family having careers that mixed with being in this business and this job is really tough yeah and especially now that we're parents and the fact that our jobs it's not like having a nine-to-five job no it's unpredictable unpredictable. there's no regular schedule yeah if you don't work you don't eat like we are you know both working hard, making moves for the future. And it's really tough juggling that with a toddler. Mm -hmm. So for anyone out there listening, (laughs) highly recommend couples therapy. It's helped us. hundred percent. I'm a big advocate of therapy for yourself. And if you're in a relationship as well, I, you know, I've referred countless amounts of friends and family and people that, that I've talked to, to therapists and, therapy alone but yeah i think like every relationship ours has gone through many different stages and i think this is definitely my favorite stage so far oh yeah but also i really liked the pandemic i know you did i loved being quarantined with you because i got you all to myself for once in my fucking life no it was really fun well it also worked to our benefit because we were able to work during the pandemic. Sure, and yeah. so because you had the studio, yeah. clients would reach out to us because we were a photographer, model, couple, quarantining together. So lots of brands were looking for that. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so we were actually able to stay afloat thanks to you, I mean, and the studio. And it was just a fun time because we really got to spend lots of quality time together uninterrupted. And we were working together. We were playing together. It was just fun for me. I loved it. That was my one of my favorite times in our relationship. Interesting time in life. Definitely. Yeah. That's when you got knocked up too. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Finding out that I was pregnant. I was scared. So scared. Mm-hmm. You were excited because you guys all know that I didn't feel ready to have a kid yet. I was 27 at the time. Didn't really know what I was doing with my career kind of still don't but like I don't know it just it was scary finding out that I was pregnant 
What do you see for the future for us? I mean, what we have now, but better. You know, our family. Mm -hmm. And probably growing bigger as a family. Mm -hmm. Having another kid. Actually, I definitely want to stop it too. Mm -hmm. So us, Hunter, and another baby. And I feel like... In our future, we're going to end up eventually starting a business together. Kind of already do, but yeah. Yeah, but something di- like More. out of our industry, yeah, I like feel like something. Something else is going to involve. Yeah. And I feel like working on a project like that will bring us closer, which I'm excited about. And I don't know what it is yet, but I feel like that's going to happen. What's one thing you really, really... Is this my yes. podcast or is this <laughs> your... Okay, what's, what the fuck? What's one thing you really... I feel like you just wanted to do this so you could interrogate <laughs> no. me. What's one thing you really, really love about me? And what's one thing you really hate about me? Ooh. <laughs> okay. One thing that I really love about you is how detail-oriented you are yeah. and how observant you are, which in turn makes you very caring and loving and generous. So I really appreciate that about you because I feel like typically men don't have that and Mm -hmm. they don't really pay attention to detail like you do Mm -hmm. and notice little things. And I think that makes you a good communicator. I think it makes you a good partner. It also makes you a good friend. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah. That's one of my favorite things about you. Also, I always say that my favorite thing about you is that you're both masculine and feminine at the same time. But not feminine. Like, you I know, get it. Yeah. And one thing I don't like about you, you know this, I have OCD. So <laughs> when you leave shit out after using it, it's like I'm already picking up the house constantly after Hunter. You, you're not that terrible. Like, I feel like there are men out there who are a lot worse than you are. Yeah. But that's a big pet peeve of mine is, like, you'll make a bowl of cereal or leave the fridge open. Oh, my God. You always <laughs> leave the fridge door open. And I grew up, like, pretty conservative. And my parents were always saying, like, let's turn off the lights when we leave the room. Let's close the fridge door. Yet, you'll crank the heat up and leave it on all day long. Yeah, because I'm cold. (laughs) It's way more power. (laughs) Energy. I don't know why, but he'll leave the fridge door open for like 10 minutes. He's like, I like the light. The little space heater you have in your bathroom is like using so much juice. (laughs) Okay, well. Anyway. Sorry. Our bedroom isn't that well insulated. It gets Mm -hmm. cold in there. Yeah, that's probably my one thing that I don't like about mm-hmm. you. What about you? <laughs> Your turn. One thing I really love about you mm-hmm. is I think it's it makes it so fun to be together with you. Is that <gasps> we love to go indulge in really good food. Together. I know you love and that. And we connect so well. We love like having something that tastes so good and we yeah. share it. And I feel okay, like, we're both fat kids. Yeah, but I feel like it's just like good food. Like, I feel like it almost like turns us on together a little bit. Uh, it does for you. <laughs> well, that mixed with the martini that you have. Yeah. You go, I'm drunk. Yeah. Uh, I love that about you. I love that connection with you. And it's, it's fun. 
Well, it's like a personality trait that I have that you like, though. You are the most amazing kisser ever. You are hands down. Putting that on my resume. Lethal weapons on those lips. Yeah, really good. And you know how much I love kissing. So, yeah, really, really good. Thanks, babe. So are you. That's good. Yeah. Your lips don't skip a beat. So Mm. it's good. Yeah. One thing I hate about you. <laughs> you got to narrow it down. Narrow it down so here. One. Pick one. Uh, the most important one. <laughs> Probably the biggest thing for me is your stress management. Yeah. That's it's fucking horrible. Yeah. What do you want from me? I have a child who is latched on to me 24 <laughs> seven and I can't get anything done. Yeah. It goes deeper than that. I think it, it was there before the child, but yeah, the child has definitely made it magnified it. But yeah, your ability to manage the stress is challenging to be around. So, but that's something we talk about. We're working on. Hmm. That one hits harder <laughs> than uh, than you leaving things out on the counter. Well, I'm bit. sure you could probably pick other things for me that you don't like about me. You're just you're being nice. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, try again. That was a fun little game. Yeah. Something I don't know about you. Is there anything that I don't know about you? Oh, my God. There's so much. I know. Probably. Probably been lying to me this whole fucking time. Something you don't know about me. Hmm. Probably stress out more than you think that I do. And yeah, I hide you're it. good at hiding stress. I hide it. Yeah. I hide it from you because I don't want you to be worried. Even though I work on really hard trying not to worry and stress out about things. I do it internally and just keep it in. That's not good. No, I know. I go through phases. I wish you wouldn't. I wish you would talk to me about it. I, I work through it. I work through it on my own. Yeah, but I think like that's the beauty of having a partner is being able to talk to you, them about things. Yeah, I know. It's man stuff. Yeah. What about you? I kind of went through a shoplifting phase. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that? No. I just got a flashback of when this year. No, actually, no, not this year. But Jerky. I literally, I just got a flashback of this time that I shoplifted a bunch of clothes. Oh, really? When you were a kid? Not like in high school. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I think there's some psychology around like going into a store and like mm-hmm. taking. Th- I don't know. That's is that weird? It's hmm. crazy, huh? Yeah. Did you ever get <laughs> caught? One time, I stole, I don't even remember what it was. Maybe It was something small, like a pack of gum or something. But I remember my mom, because this is back when you would like go to the Blockbuster, the mm-hmm. video rental store. Mm-hmm. And every Friday night, we got to pick out a movie that mm-hmm. we wanted to watch. This is when I was really young. And I remember my brother and I really wanted to watch Hercules. Mm-hmm. So I picked out Hercules and I stole a pack of gum and my mom found it and she didn't let me watch Hercules. But other than that, I've been pretty stealthy. Like, remember when you would go school shopping for clothes for school? I remember I went, I think it was American Eagle that I went into and I stole a bunch of stuff. Wow. Yeah. For school. It's bad. It's pretty bad. But like in high school, when my friends and I were stoners, big stoners, we would get super high and go into the store. And because we had the munchies, we would just go in there and eat a bunch of stuff in the store and not pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, small town. Yeah. Small fun town activities. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you ever knew that about me. I like liked. It's stealing. it's a adrenaline rush. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Anyway, I think we could have left that part out, but <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, hide my cash. <laughs> Maybe that's where your $6,000. Yeah. Are. We mysteriously had $6,000 of cash go missing in our house. Yeah. It was really weird. I think it must have gotten thrown away, thrown away accidentally, yeah. which I don't know how, but yeah. So weird. It's very, very strange. I had it in a shoe and it's not there anymore. But also, that's another big pet peeve of mine is you misplace and forget. Like, I swear to God, you would forget your fucking head if it was not attached I'm to I'm sure you. I've hid things and I don't even know where they're at. Yeah. you. For- One of these days, I'm going to open up a jacket. And Which is so be weird to me because I feel like you're so, or I don't know if you are organized. You're kind of disorganized. Uh, but you're I, a Virgo, and I feel like you have these, like, tendencies to, yeah, to be organized, Be organized, but you're not. I know. It's weird. I, I go in phases. How do you function like I that? I don't know. I don't like it sometimes. It's organized. I feel better when things are organized. Yeah. You have sure. a perfect sparkle on your nose right now, and it looks like you have a nose ring. <laughs> you used to have your ears pierced. It's another fact that I know about you. Yes. And your tongue. And my tongue. Wait, yeah. and your eyebrow? Didn't no. no. God, come on. Oh, I thought you did. Who the hell am I? Come on. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past you. Mr. Frosted Tips. I know, right? <laughs> you cover up the gray. No, I mean back in the day when yeah, you were doing it like in sync style. In sync style. <laughs> or, yeah. A little bit before that, but. Who <laughs> <laughs> was it? And then. What's a reference? I feel uh, like that's one thing that you kind of wish that I... 311 or something. 311. Amber is the color of your energy. Yeah. That was like one of my favorite songs. But I wish that I knew more references. That's the one thing that it's kind of hard about having an age difference yeah. when you're in a relationship is yeah. there's a lot of references that I sometimes don't get. But mm. I feel like I do pretty well for my age, right? Yeah. For the most part, but also like I suck at watching movies. It's hard for me to get you in and like force you to watch a movie without being distracted. Number one, you're usually distracted by the kid. Number two, the phone. So it's hard for me to get That's you to That's so annoying when you say that. I hate when you Why? say that. Why? It's true. Because your time usually when you edit and do things is when we're sitting on sofa and just relaxing. Yeah, but think about like before having Hunter when my time wasn't so crunched. How many movies have we started watching and never finished? Well, because I fall asleep. It's true. not because I'm on my phone. <laughs> That's true. You fall asleep. Because I fall asleep. Yeah. It's okay. You still haven't finished the last one we wanted to watch that you loved. Eat. <laughs> I also do not retain movies. <laughs> like I could watch a movie. <laughs> today and not I know un, and not be able to summarize it for you the next day which is what does that mean I don't know I don't know what else what should we talk about you want to get uh, juicy like what <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> I'll let you lead the way on that I don't know what you mean what are you feeling lately tired <laughs> <laughs> that's true we have to find more time to be intimate and connect. Yeah. It's important. A lot of parents struggle with this. Yeah, I know. And I think it's common. I think the hack, though, is having sex earlier in the day. 
Yeah. Or afternoon. Yeah. Which we have done a lot more since Hunter's been born, but like. Well, I think the hack is him sleeping in his own room. That too. <laughs> That's that. That would probably help. What's been your favorite part about our relationship? Gosh, there's a lot. It's changed a lot. It's fun watching you grow. I feel like, you know, the longer you're together, the more you fall in love with someone, especially when you have kids together. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting feeling. My favorite time is when we're like ultra, ultra, ultra connected. So on Molly. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. That's my favorite time when we're like, there's no distractions and there's no walls up. So on Molly. <laughs> Anyway, what I'm saying is, you know, I like that. Mm-hmm. Noted. <laughs> Manage stress levels. Take Molly <laughs> daily. What are some things that you want me to work on? And what are some things that you like that I'm doing relationship-wise? Relationship-wise? Or like partner-wise. Like that can be anything to do with parenting to whatever. Yeah. Parenting-wise, you're doing really good. And the whole part of managing your stress is that that's the only thing I really want you to work on because I feel that your energy when you get frustrated and overloaded. Mm-hmm. So that's tough. Relationship wise, it's nice to feel it when you're more physical to me. Mm-hmm. Not sexually, but just more like giving me a hug and a kiss out of nowhere, <laughs> stuff like that. And like acknowledging your existence, acknowledging my existence. Oh, okay. Yes, that's kind of nice. Okay, maybe I'll try that. Yeah, that's kind of nice. Like coming up behind me and you know scratching my head on my back or just Mm. letting me know that you're okay thinking about me. That's kind of nice. That we live in the same house. Yeah, yeah. You don't give me credit though when I do do it. I feel like I do do it. I used to do it a lot when we're sitting in the car and just. But now I sit in the back seat (laughs) with Hunter. Why do we do that? I don't know. You can sit in the front seat. He's fine. It's a whole yeah. big, beautiful front seat that you're missing out on. <laughs> okay. What are some things that you like that I'm doing? Anything? Yeah. I feel like you're much more aware. Really? Of everything. Yeah. You're getting more and more in tune with yourself. It's making you a, a better, better person overall. I like that a lot. And you're blossoming me into this like... Not a young woman anymore, like, but like a beautiful. No longer a girl. I'm a woman now. You're a woman now for sure. I hope so. I'm fucking 30. It's <laughs> not that old. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like by the time that you're 30, you should feel like you're a woman. Yeah. But yeah, you've grown up a lot. Definitely. It's nice. What's the next chapter for this podcast? Well, I just opened it by having my first male guest on. Yeah. You. Yeah, I want to expand my guests because I feel like because we are in the industry that we're in, so far my guests have mostly been within our industry. And I want to expand by opening up the conversation to different people and different professions and different stages of their lives, different careers. Yeah, I feel like... There's only so much that I can talk about with someone who's a model or in our industry or a stylist or, you know, people start getting bored of that. And I think people want to hear more, just a different perspective. Absolutely. So that. Also, I want to start hosting live events. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely my goal for 2024, Mother's Day of 2024. I want to 
have a live event. So I basically just want to essentially build it into a brand Mm -hmm. and help people. Yeah. You're doing good. Proud of you. Thanks. Okay, let's move into the acronym. So since you're the first male guest, I changed (laughs) up the acronym, obviously, because it's DILF now. But I changed the words for it. So for the D in DILF, what are your do's and don'ts? You came up with this, actually. Mm -hmm. My do's and don'ts in life? Yeah. My do's and don'ts in life. Okay. My do's are take chances. Mm, Yeah. Always do the thing that you're probably most afraid of. Yeah, that's a good one. And, you know, it took me a lot of years to practice what I preach. Mm -hmm. And you just got to do it and realize that failure is growth. Mm -hmm. And the more times you fail, the stronger you become. It really is. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. What about your don'ts? Don'ts. Don't look back. People are always looking back and mm-hmm. living their life based on the things that happened to them. Yeah. And I would say don't look back. Yeah. And look at everything as an experience and an education and just move forward. Move forward. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a really tough thing and focus on the present, being present. Yeah. Because you cannot change the past. Yeah. It um, took me a lot of years to figure that out. Yeah. That's good. Shout out to Dr. Nikki. I know. <laughs> The I and Dilf. <laughs> the I and Dilf. <laughs> is um, what are some of your interests that maybe like some people would be surprised to know about you? What are your My interests? interests? Yeah. Other than me. Uh, well, I think it's no secret. People know I'm a freaking car and motorcycle nut. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, people know that about me. Some of the things that interest me. A lot, maybe a lot of people don't know. I love architecture and interior I design. I knew you were going to say that. Like I'm a design freak, mm-hmm. as you know. Look at our house, the offices here, and the studio. Look at my cars. Look at everything. I I love making everything my own. Mm-hmm. I like to touch everything and change it and make it my own. Yeah, like you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <sighs> All right, let's move on. What are your life goals? I know my life goal for you, not to be a fucking asshole. <laughs> What's your, what are your life goals? Wait, a lot of people don't know that I joke a lot too. And I, I'm like an extreme jokester. That's true. Yeah. Before even having Hunter, yeah. you were the king of dad jokes. Yeah. I think I'm pretty funny sometimes. Um, eh, <laughs> I think I've just gotten so used to all of your so jokes too. and your humor. Yeah. At, at the beginning, I would be cracking up nonstop. But now I'm like. (laughs) (laughs) What was the next one? What are your life goals? My life goals, you know, they've changed a lot in the past few years. The world's changed in the past three years. Mm -hmm. We've changed. You know, my perspective on life coming through this world change of this pandemic and everything that is attached to it. And the way the world is today and then becoming a father and raising a kid has changed my goals in life. And I think the next stage for us is being on our own property somewhere and raising Hunter on a little piece of property with, you know, some space and some land. And Do you think I've influenced you 
to live a more simple life. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Being with your family in Maine has influenced me a lot. Mm-hmm. And seeing the beauty and the simplicity of being out in the country and, you know, being connected more to nature and all that stuff. Yeah. And, I, and I really want Hunter to grow up that way because I didn't grow up that way. Yeah. I grew up in the burbs, man, you know, with skate ramps and bike jumps and stuff like that. And no, nothing. It wasn't like the ghetto. No, no. But we were growing up in the in the mountains and the in the woods and you know, doing things to connect to nature and all all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's and important. I, it's important. And I really hope well, I know he will, but I know Yeah, I, he I, already has. I want Hunter to have that in yeah. his life. And I think it's important. I think it's I think everybody should have that piece a little piece of that in their life. Mm-hmm. I think the world would be a better place if they did. That's definitely our life goal right now is yeah to, that's the next step mm-hmm. the f is what's your favorite thing about being a dad favorite thing about being a dad the best feeling is when you come home and he yeah. runs to you daddy 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 and he jumps in your arms and now he has this thing where he squeezes me as hard as he can because mm-hmm. he thinks he's so strong and he like tries to like hug me yeah. so he did that today this morning when i came home Aww. so yeah he's so cute Okay, last question yep. is if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what would you say to your younger self? Oh, stop worrying. Mm-hmm. Trust the process and enjoy the moment. Life is really about just being in the moment. And I, I think so many people have gotten away from that. Mm-hmm. So many people buried in a screen. Yeah. And worried about filming something instead of just looking at something and enjoying the moment. Yeah. And uh, I, I think back of my years and think about all the missed opportunities and the things that I should have really taken more interest in and focused on and asked more questions to people that are no longer with us and really be present. Yeah. That's, that's, it's, it's so important. Yeah. Constantly got to keep reminding myself of that as well. What else? Anything else you want to know about me? I mean, I feel like I know it all. If there's anything else that you want to tell the audience about yourself, you're more than welcome to. Yeah. I like to um, be behind the lens, so to speak, and yeah. create. That's not, true. Not be in front get, of it. Yeah, I get it. Although, you know, the new plan is to be in front of it, which is sort of scary to me. So For your... Yeah, the next stage. The next in, stage. Of, in work. Yeah. Well, it's so, exciting. Yeah, it is. It's a new chapter. It's a new chapter, yeah. Speaking of new chapters, this is going to air first day of 2024. So. Are we going to have another baby? (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) We need to decide like now. (laughs) I know. Well, that requires actually having sex. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I mean, I want Hunter to have (laughs) a sibling. I definitely do. Me too. But it's just. It's just hard not having our families here to help us, and we need to get them in school. And yeah. we should decide if we're going to do it now or wait another year. No, I don't think we're going to wait another year. Okay. I don't think. I don't want to. So on that note, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take advantage of the fact that we're alone today, and my parents are watching him. So oh, are we? Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I think we should. Yeah. Right. Want we'll to see who's here at work today? We have company here oh well okay well let's go wrap some christmas gifts all right hunter i just want to say how proud i am of you and your broadcast 
Oh, thanks, babe. See what you've done here. It's been great. I've watched you sort of evolve and open up and become really good at engaging with people. And, thanks, you know, babe. it's been fun to watch you. Thanks. You know. I like doing it. So it's. I know. You're good. It's been fun to watch you sort of evolve on the way you speak to people in your interviews and the, you know, how you deliver and how you I respond. just want to be like Whitney Cummings, <laughs> honestly. Like, that's what I want for Christmas. I want to be as witty and as funny as Whitney Cummings and as smart as Whitney Cummings. Whitney Cummings, if you're listening to this podcast, I know you just had a baby. So congratulations. But seriously, yeah, I, I love it. It's yeah. fun. Well, you're so. doing good at it. And I'm proud of you. Thanks, baby. And you're doing good as being a mom, too. Thanks. Yeah. You're doing a good job of being a dad. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. I love you. Love you. (laughs) Thank you all for listening to the show. I hope you gained some insight on how to practice becoming more mindful, learn the importance of listening to your intuition, gained some lifestyle takeaways and fitness tips. You can find me on Instagram at Cherokee Luker and the podcast at MILF Bod Pod. So make sure you follow me to access exclusive content to help you become a better you, a better mother, and a better human. Talk to you guys next week about all things MILF.